In Pod Delusion episode 92, I covered the story of a school in Malton, North Yorkshire, which may soon be taken over by the Church of England. Recently, I spoke with Richie Thompson, who manages the British Humanist Association's education campaign. I began by asking Richie why it is that schools can now be taken over by a church. Well, this is actually the first example of a school doing this, um, but the, the point is that thanks to the Academies Act, um, it is now easier for schools to do this. Um, in the past, it would be up to local authorities to make decisions like this um, for community schools, and um, they would have to look across you know, their wider jurisdiction and um, consider their broader coverage, um, whereas academies do not. They're just responsible um, for themselves, and it seems unlikely that with Malton School in particular, it would have been able to become a safe school had it not decided to convert to an academy first. When we spoke with Philippa Hare, one of her biggest complaints was the lack of transparency in the process. School liaison staff and spokespeople from the Church of England seem to have materialised in Moulton without any specific invitation from the community. This seems to have been driven by the head teacher and governors. How is this possible? Uh, Well, unfortunately, these decisions um, entirely rest with the governors. Once the governors have decided on a course of action, all they need to do is hold a consultation on it, but there's no statutory process setting out how this consultation exactly takes place. Once they've decided to do it, they, they're basically in control. So far, things have been rather easy for the Church of England. They seem to be getting their way mainly due to apathy in the community. What, if anything, prevents a sufficiently well-funded cult or religion from taking over a school? Well, if the majority of the governors decide they wish for the school to convert, there's nothing really stopping them from doing it. Um, As I said, the consultation process is not defined, and that's something that we're working towards to try and make sure at least the consultation process is better defined. So in theory, any sufficiently funded religious organisation could encourage its members to become governors of the school, and all they'd need to do is obtain a simple majority, and they could do pretty much what they want with that school. Uh, Provided the school has become an academy, I guess so. We'll have to wait and see how widespread this particular issue becomes. In Moulton's case, their proposals to change status are somewhat vaguely worded. One thing nobody seems to have worked out is precisely what the Church of England expects to gain from this project. What sort of influence will the Church get within the school? And how has the Church typically used this kind of power before? Well, I actually rang up the head of the school to ask him uh, because it wasn't clear at all from the uh, consultation document exactly what the church was getting from it. Um, And he told me that the church doesn't plan uh, to discriminate in admissions or employment except with the appointment of the head um, who will be required to be an Anglican. Although, having said that, once a school has converted to be a faith school, there's nothing stopping it from changing its mind and deciding to discriminate fully in both these areas. Beyond that, I would expect that the church would take a role in the governance of the school and appoint some of the governors, though I don't know how many. In terms of things like the curriculum, the head has already said as well that the school intends to have a daily active collective worship that will be Christian, which it didn't previously. But for academies and preschools, they're actually able to set their own curriculum. Faith schools are allowed to get away with confessional religious education, teaching that Anglicanism is true and other religions are false. And they also often teach inferior sex and relationships education, including things like abstinence, while sidelining things such as abortion, contraception and homosexuality. You mentioned the Church of England's possible intent to influence the curriculum. 
are there any checks and balances on religious schools to prevent excesses of religiosity, such as hate speech or discrimination against minorities? Is there any reason to suspect that faith-based academies will be able to keep the standard of non-discrimination that we might expect from a modern secular school? Well, one thing that's there is that schools have a legal duty to promote community cohesion, and, and that was actually introduced in response to the race riots that happened in 2001. Another thing that was introduced at the same time was that Ofsted um, had to inspect schools um, specifically on community cohesion, but for some reason the education bill, which is currently going through Parliament, looks set to remove this requirement, which is very concerning. There are issues with faith schools. So, for example, in 2007, Stonewall released a report called the School Report, which found that two-thirds of young gay people at secondary schools have experienced homophobic bullying, but they actually found that in faith schools this was three-quarters, so the figures were substantially higher. You mentioned as well that the head and possibly some of the governors may be required to be active Anglicans. If the church can appoint both head teacher and the governors, then they can effectively control the destiny of this organisation in perpetuity. Yes, I would say that's right, actually. I think that once this, uh, this is the hardest part, actually, this conversion without a statutory process, bizarrely. So once they've done this, they can then choose to subsequently change things as they like. And that is very concerning. And we hope that this won't be seen in the eyes of other religious groups as an easy route to get control over a school. And the one thing they mentioned they wouldn't touch, admissions. The governors have explicitly claimed they don't have plans to discriminate based on religion right now. How easily could they change that without causing problems with the office of the school's adjudicator, the governmental office which regulates school admissions? They could choose to change it entirely if they want. Once the school has converted to be a faith school, they could choose to discriminate with um, all pupils attending the school and the office of the school's adjudicator can't do anything about that. It's, it's not something that they're able to control. If Moulton School does manage to change status, how significant will this be? Given that this is indeed the first status change of its kind, is it likely to form the template for any future activity? Will an easy ride send a strong signal to other religious organisations that it's time for a public school's land grab? Who else might be next in the line to take over our schools? Well, this is absolutely a serious concern and something that we at the BHA have been pointing out since during um, the passage of the Academies Act. That potentially any faith group who can get the majority of the school's governors on board, provided the school is an academy, can try and take over that school. A lot of people seem to have an image of the Church of England as being composed of cardigan-wearing Vicar of Dibley types who do little more than sip tea and attend village fates. But this is a well-funded organisation which has at its heart evangelical and reactionary elements that border on the fundamentalist. Is the official church policy and practice in any way compatible with the needs of a modern school? Well, we've seen the Church of England in recent years tying itself in knots over its uh, positions regarding women and homosexual bishops, and neither policy seems that compatible with modern life. But having said that, looking at schools in particular, in 2001 the church set out their educational vision for the next decade and beyond in something called the Deering Report. And the key conclusion of that report was, and I quote, that church schools should nourish those of faith, encourage those of other faiths, and challenge those of no faith. And this is still very much church policy. And in fact, when they published um, their new schools admissions guidelines um, just last month, they quoted this part of the report. 
So one has to ask, how can the Church of England aim to cater for the whole of a rural community like Moulton um, if it's looking to convert those of no faith? Surely it can't. As it stands, the Academies Act allows any sufficiently organised group to irreversibly take over a school, simply obtain a majority on the school's board of governors and then use that majority to permanently change the school's appointment policy to exclude any non-members of your organisation from further influence. I think we can expect religious groups of all kinds to take full advantage of this opportunity. This is Salem Fadley for The Pod Delusion.